Hello, you're listening to the Carrero Podcast. This is Malia Hoffman, and I'm here with Fred Ramirez. We would like to introduce you to our new journal website. It's called CarreroJournal.org, spelled K-O-R-E-R-O Journal.org. And you can go there and see that we are making a call for articles and papers. And what we'd like to do is invite you as educators or researchers or even your students to write up and contribute to our online journal. And you can see the submission guidelines there. And also, I would like to point you to our edxglobal.org website. And there you can see all of the great projects that our students are working on and our initiatives globally. And you can also make a donation through Venmo, PayPal, with your credit card, and get a tax-exempt ID. So again, edxglobal.org to see what our students and we are up to globally, and Carrero Journal to see our new online journal initiative. Thank you so much. Today our guest is Natalie Price. She is a senior at Indiana University and on the track and field team. She's an elementary education major and a counseling minor. She's about to go into her student teaching this semester, and she is also a court-appointed special advocate for Monroe County. Good morning, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us today. As a student athlete at Indiana University, this past year was probably pretty different than most years. Can you share with our audience uh, how the team performed and, and what the last year looked like for you? Going into this last year was really tricky. Um, one of the biggest, one of my favorite parts about being an athlete is the team environment. And a lot of that was kind of taken because we weren't able to really meet up outside of practice. Um, usually we'd go and have dinner all together in these athlete only cafeterias and we'd be able to sit with each other and have conversations and work together and talk about things that are outside of track and build friendships. But unfortunately, this past year, we haven't had the chance to do that. Um, so I think that kind of put a big strain on a lot of people. Uh, the lack of communication, the lack of being able to uh, like spend time with others and get out of our groups was a little bit challenging. And um, so going into season, it was really great to be able to be there and to cheer everyone on when we could. There'd be some meets when they would try and section us off, and so we couldn't even be there to support. We'd just have to be back in the hotel on a laptop or just, like, trying to find ways of supporting our teammates even though we couldn't actually be there. Yeah. Um, practices were weird. They were definitely, like, very event-specific just so if there was COVID anywhere on the team, it wouldn't affect everybody. It would just affect a certain group. Um We've had several groups have to quarantine and things like that. So it was definitely not, it was, it was definitely a challenge. Um, but going into the spring, it ended up getting a lot better. Um, and towards the end of the year, we kind of started feeling a little bit more normal. Um, and then now everyone's getting vaccinated and that's been really great. And I think everything's been going a lot better now. So we're hoping for this coming year that everything will be kind of back to normal. Yeah, that team um, camaraderie, that bonding is such an important piece, even in an individual sport like track. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. there are team events, but like being part of the team and, and that, you know, off the track or outside of the field interaction that you have is what brings you close together and 
you know, feeling supported makes you also, you know, do your best and want to help support the team. So without that, that creates it, creates a really challenging environment. Were there any things that you guys did, um, like virtually to help, you know, build those, strengthen those bonds? Yeah, we would have a few Zoom meetings uh, all together. There weren't very many ones that were very team building. Um, We had like a few things on the team that uh, weren't going very well. So we had a sports psychologist come in and work with all the women, which was really nice and very helpful. Um, I wish that there would have been ways that we could have done more over Zoom, but I think that we did the best that we could. It's really hard trying to manage other people's schedules as well. Um, I think overall it was really like we tried our best to do what we could. One thing that was nice is that I got to be with my sprinter group. Um, We got to be able to see each other outside of practice too because we were kind of our own pod. Um, And if one of us got sick, then we probably would all have to be like, put into quarantine because of contact tracing. Mm -hmm. So um, I was able to see them outside of practice, which made it a little bit easier. Uh, But also we didn't get the big group activities that we have in the past. Usually um, our head coach will have us over to his house um, and we can play games in his yard. He has an amazing house. Um, And they have like a tennis court and just a bunch of really fun things to do. We normally do things like that. We'd have tailgates all together um, and just none of that ended up happening. And so that was really disappointing, but I'm really excited about that this coming year. Well, one of the really cool cool things from from this past year um, is that you now hold the 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 women's team record for the four hundred meters, which is <laughs> awesome. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. That's huge. Um, if you if you can, because we 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 do have younger younger people listening, um, tell us what a what a regular day is like for for you, um, both as a student and then as an as a as a top top athlete. Yeah, um, this coming semester is going to look a lot different than prior semesters because I am in my student teaching, so my life is going to be a lot more hectic. Um, but a normal day, I'm going to think back to like my freshman year. Yeah. So a normal day would be um, waking up going to the stadium to get breakfast. They always have like a lot of options. It's really great. Um, And it's free. So that's really nice. Um, But going to get breakfast, getting on a bus and going to class for most of the morning, usually I'd have like two classes or maybe three at times. Um, And then taking a bus back, having lunch at the stadium, uh, going in and working on some homework, uh, trying to get as much done as I can before going to practice around two. Um, Then we usually lift before we would run um, to make sure we have quality lifts going into um, a practice, uh, especially during the fall, um, because lifting, I think, is the most important thing to build our big base and to be prepared to go into season. So we try our best to work really hard in the weight room. And then as then we go to the track. And so then we'll do a workout there. Uh, usually we'll finish around 5, 5.30. Um, and so then we go to dinner, usually at the stadium too. And we'd be, all, we'd be able to eat together. Um, 
once that's over, I'll usually go back to my apartment or my dorm and I would work on homework and do things like that and just prepare for the next day, uh, get as ahead as I could study, um, and try and manage like being a normal person and being an athlete, uh, trying to find time to meet up with friends when I can. If like I have a gap in between my schedule, trying to get coffee with a friend, um, trying to work around that because it can sometimes be a little bit much when it's just track and school. It's important that you have a social life as well. So um, that's definitely been something that's been hard to juggle over the past couple of years. But I think when you start learning how to manage it, you can manage it a lot better. That I, as you were talking, I was thinking, wow, there's no free time. It's school, <laughs> track, and eating and sleeping. And everybody kind of knows how much sleep is important to all yeah. of these things, almost more than nutrition and more than your workouts. So what kind of, what's your sleep like? Are you able to get good rest? I am pretty good about getting eight hours. I try my very best. It's hard at times. Um, usually I try and be in bed around 9.30. Yeah. 9.30. Oh. Yeah, I do my, I try really hard. It's challenging. That's good. Oh no, that's that's really good because because a lot of athletes can't. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, I usually set pretty like strict guidelines, and so I work really hard to get most of my homework done and most of my studying done before going to bed. Um, and I'll try and get it done in between classes as well, and try and manage that. But normally, like nine thirty, ten o'clock is when I'll go to sleep. This coming semester, though, I'm going to have to be waking up at 5.30 in the morning, most mornings. So I think I'm going to try and get to bed closer to 9, um, just trying to get as much sleep as I can. Uh, but that's going to be a really big challenge, too, because I'm going to have lesson planning and Ooh, a lot of yeah. other stuff on top of that. So it's going to be yeah. a bit of a challenge, but we're going to work through it. We're going to do our best. I'm a big napper, and as you were talking about your schedule, I was like, I don't hear any time for naps <laughs> <in those days." laughs> Sometimes you can squeeze them in in between classes. Okay. There was a place in our, like, Starbucks um, in that – like yeah inner like our kind of uh campus um big building I forget exactly it's like the student building mm -hmm. there's a big Starbucks and they have this giant like uh fireplace that's in there that would be my nap spot mm -hmm. I would like kind of hug my backpack and I'd sit right by the fire and I would like sleep like that for <laughs> maybe like 20 25 minutes yeah um but it was just enough to like keep me going for the day and then I could always grab a coffee as well so yeah. it worked out really well so I work at Fullerton and during especially during finals week you work walk through the student union and kids students are sleeping all over the place and oh, it's it's quite sure. funny you're like okay I I can see that they're super busy right now and stressed and need this it's it's actually kind of cute I like it <laughs> I would always be like It'd be not just my spot, but it'd be other athletes' spots, too. Mm -hmm. um, so there would be, like, a few people on different teams there. Like, the soccer team would be there <laughs> or, like, a few girls from the field hockey team. And we'd all, like, kind of, like, meet there, like, unintentionally, obviously. But we'd all just, like, be taking naps at the same time <laughs> at once. So I thought that was always really funny. That is cute. So then how, yeah. how has, has a summer been this 
yeah, this summer been different for for you in prepping for this upcoming year? Because you're as you as you've been sharing that this upcoming year is going to be a lot different. A lot of it is just taking time for myself and making sure I'm practicing self care and okay. preparing myself for what's to come. Because I know my life is going to get a heck of a lot crazier going into the season or going into student teaching. Um, so I'm just trying to make sure I take enough time for myself. Um, I'm lifting three times a week. I'm training three times a week as well. Um, and my trainer has been really great about working around my schedule and helping me in any way he can. Um, he's been really great about planning out what my first semester is going to look like as well. Uh, a lot of it also is applying to grad schools because once I'm done with my student teaching, I'll have like a semester still to compete. So um, I'm trying to figure out, well, I already figured out what I'm going to be doing my master's program in and um, just getting applied for that, getting everything ready because uh, it's not due for a little bit, but it's nice to just be prepared because I know a lot of a lot more things are coming my way. So just being prepped and ready for it. Trying to see family as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on a few really fun vacations together, so that made it really nice. You know, one of the big changes, and it, and it happened just this past month, um, that's, that's, that's affecting a lot of the um, student student athletes is is how the NC um, NCAA passed that you're now your ownership of your of your own image. Um, have you have you heard of anything or any athletes from um, from from Indiana specifically um, kind of kind of taking that new 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 ruling and trying to capitalize on it. For sure. Yeah. I've heard of a lot of people from different sports. I don't know any track athletes specifically, maybe like one or two have been involved with that. Um, it's something I've looked into. Um, I want to make sure if I were to do it though, it would be a company that has the same values that I do, um, has the same outlook that I do. I don't want to go into a company where it would, even though if I would be making like enough money if it doesn't match like what I want to represent I wouldn't want to be involved with it um because I know some people are getting involved with just random companies that they don't know much about um and that's just not something I would want to personally do so I want to make sure like if I'm going to do it I want to be um want to know enough about the company that I know it reflects what I think is important that's a really mature response to that. I think about myself being a really broke college student and thinking about how willing I would be to accept money if someone was going to support me in that way. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really mature way to look at it. Well, and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, if you're going into, into the field of education, you know, that's, that's one of the things that possibly you can look into because there's, as you know, within the, within the web, there's a lot of um, education companies out, out there that, mm-hmm. that, that to get a spokesperson kind of like you, who's um, just a wonderful person, period, you know, who's, who's <laughs> into, in, you know, into the field of, of teaching, they would, you know, I, I think they would galvanize around you. Um, 
So, but but also tell us about your recent your your recent um, appointment with um, Casa and 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 Monroe County. Um, what are you What are you going to be doing? So. Earlier this year, I decided to apply to become a court-appointed special advocate. So basically, I get paired with a child or um, some children that are going through the court system. So these are cases of um, domestic violence, abuse, sexual assault, different things like that. Um, that when their families are going through these specific cases, I advocate for the children's best interests. So I'll be present in the different trials that are going that they're going through. Um, I'll meet with the children. I'll meet with the families. I'll understand the situation kind of through and through. And so I can make use my best judgment to um, pick the right what, what I think is best for the child. Um, right now, I'm working with a lady that has done it for 20 years. We're co-casas on a case together. Um, and it's been really great having her insight. She's She knows so much about everything that she's been doing. And she's been a great resource for me. Um, I feel like I've learned so much through her. Uh, she's one of the people in Monroe County that, like, She's involved with everything. Uh, she's in her 80s now. So, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, she joined it when she retired, and she's starting to kind of filter out of it now. Um, so uh, she's been working this the case that we're currently on for a number of years um, that just keeps getting brought back up. Uh, so she's known the children for a long time, and so we've... Um, so she knows like the situation she's been able to help me understand it better and it's been very helpful for me so um, I've had like such a great resource like a bunch of great resources of people that are there to help me through all of my cases Um, when I was going through the process though I got really really sick I had mono um, in like I, I got it in like end of January and I had it for like probably like a month. I was very, very sick. Um, so like I was like going through the training process of it and I was just feeling absolutely terrible. I would have to like turn off my camera at times and just like lay down on my side and just like try and breathe. I'd have like, I I was in like a lot of pain, but luckily everything ended up going well. Um, all the people I was working with were wonderful. Um, they got like, I had to miss a few sessions here and there, but they were able to send me all the information that I needed. And yeah, we were able to work it through. So that was really nice, but um, kind of like a dramatic turn of events at that point. So I was really happy when I was able to actually get appointed because I knew how hard it was to go through that entire process because it was a rigorous training process. Wow. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you Uh, are about to start your student teaching, Uh, you're getting a minor in counseling, you also mentioned that you know what your master's program project's going to be. Can you tell us a little bit about each of these pieces and then what drew you into that? Yeah, so I kind of knew I wanted to be a teacher in fourth grade. Um, I had dyslexia and I just wasn't 
understanding a lot of things that were coming my way. Um, I was really struggling in a lot of my classes, specifically in math. Um, I had a teacher named Mrs. Talentire that was an absolute rock star. Um, it's like one of the kindest souls that you'll ever meet. I've thanked her so many times for being my inspiration to want to get become a teacher because she would just like take so much time out of her day to work with me, to help me as much as she could. Um, I was also really anxious as a child too. I, I still am, but um, as a kid though, I was uh, really struggling with that and she really helped me in any way that she could. Um, and so kind of from then on, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Like that was just like her. Um, she was just my number one inspiration for that. So um, since then I kind of had it in my heart that that's what I wanted to do. I bounced around a few other ideas, um, but I kind of landed on that going into my freshman year of college. Um, and I know IU has a fantastic education school. Um, and so, yeah, I really wanted to be involved with that. So that was really great. Um, instantly, they were able to get us into a classroom and working with students. And I just started loving it so much more. Um, counseling came a little bit later uh, because I have struggled with mental health issues in the past. Um, I felt like I would want, if I was going to be a teacher, I want to... Um, be able to help my students that have the same things that I went through. And now I'm kind of looking more towards being a guidance counselor in an elementary school. That's my absolute dream job. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, for my graduate program, um, I am looking at doing ESL. So it'd be English second language oh. and working with students that are there learning English. Uh, my junior year of college, the first semester, I was working at an elementary school called Binford and Rogers in Bloomington. And I was working with a teacher there that was the ESL teacher. And she was amazing. She showed me so much. I loved working with her. Uh, we worked with first graders and then we worked with fifth graders. Um, and I just really loved um, how well she worked with all the students, how well she planned for all the students. And I thought that that would be a really great angle to go. Um, so, yeah, I think that I'm I'm really excited about trying that and learning more about doing ESL because if that is a way, like, is the path I want to take, I can. Um, and then I think after I graduate um, with that graduate degree, I would go and get a master's in counseling so I could be a guidance counselor eventually. Um, I definitely do want to teach though. I, I think I kind of, I kind of have so many different branches that I want to go on. Um, but as of right now, I think that those are my main ones. And so I'm kind of still figure it out a little bit, but I know I want to work in a school and I know I want to work with students, especially around elementary age. You, you know, you were, you were talking about, um, and it's, I think it's, uh, it's an opportune topic to, to, talk towards now just because of everything that's that's been going on um in our in our country within the world and then and and now in sports is the issue of mental of, of mental mm -hmm. health um 
and it and it seems like you're you're involved in a lot of different things, which is you know which is great. And so, are there are there any other like social justice types of things or um, or programs or or endeavors that you're that you're also interested in or doing? I have bounced around so many ideas in my mind. Um, I just, a lot of it is I want to be an advocate for all of my students, um, no matter their background, no matter their gender, no matter their sexuality, no matter, like out of everything, I want to be an advocate. um, And I want to have all of my students see themselves represented in my classroom. Um, A lot of, a lot of what IU has been teaching is how to do that and how to create a nice space for all the students. Not necessarily a safe space because safe space is important, obviously, but I like more of a space of growth. Um, I think safe space is like a really comfortable term. Um, and I think I want all of my students to feel safe, obviously, but I also want like to give students an opportunity to grow too. And I think you can do both, like having a space space where you can challenge people's ideas and help them grow as they learn. Um, but definitely being involved with just helping my students see themselves represented in every way, shape and form that I can, um, I think is really important. That's a really beautiful statement. And I like the way that you've, kind of personalize the, you know, the, I don't know, the common phrase that we try to say as educators, like, oh, a safe place to learn. But you've like said, well, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to create a nice space for students to grow. I'm wondering from you how you think that maybe your experience as a student athlete, as a team leader, as the record holder, um, have translated into... Uh, your educational philosophy as we're starting to, you know, hear from you. Um, And then also um, as being a a student advocate. Yeah. um, I am so lucky being an athlete that I've got to meet so many people from so many different backgrounds and so many different experiences. Um, That has been a really beautiful thing for me. Um, and I think that through learning, I I constantly feel like I'm learning from other people. Um, and I'm trying to listen as much and learn as much as I can. Um, I, being on a really diverse team has been really great for me. Um, I grew up in a town where it was very small, um, not very diverse at all. Um, so coming to IU was a a change. And so, um, since I've been here, I've been striving as much as I can to learn from others, learn about other people's experiences, learn about other people's backgrounds. And like, I've learned how to become a leader in my team, but I've also learned when I need to be quiet and let other people speak Mm -hmm. and learn when to listen, um, to what other people have to say. Um, because I, I'm not the expert in a lot of cases. I, I, I'm, I'm not the expert in a lot of different realms and they are. And so I want to be able to hear their point of views. Um, and I also want to be checked too. 
if I say something that comes off as being offensive um, or is offensive, then I want people to be able to be like, Natalie, that wasn't okay. And I want to be able to grow from that and learn from it and not like put a resentment on it, but to be like, okay, I'm really sorry I did that. How can I grow? How can I educate myself further? And just constantly knowing that I might not be perfect, um, but I'm going to keep working and keep learning as much as I can from the people around me. Yeah, that's a really, I mean, it's a really emotionally intelligent way to look at it and and thing to say because so many adults like are just like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why do I need to change the way that I think, you know, like they're Uh the ones that are different. They're the ones that are changing it. Well, you know, that's a really closed minded and, you know, like you're not growing. And, and I think an important thing that you said is that all, like you said, for your students, you want to create an environment for that they can grow. And I think that you're also being a really good model of that. And we're, none of us know everything. None of us are perfect. And, and we may not deliberately offend someone or, you know, say something that's not right. Um, but being open in the way that we respond to that feedback, I think is the important pieces to, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's, I think, um, one of the things that I was just thinking is, how can we duplicate you and put you in yeah. multiple schools? <laughs> as, as my mom would say, like, don't you want to plant her and then, like, water her and grow more of her? <laughs> that's very sweet. The School of Education at IU does a very good job of educating people. Um, I've had incredible professors teach me so much. Um, we had a specific class that's called teaching for a pluralistic society. Um, and it's just to help us. I gained so much perspective. My, um, professor was one of the best professors I've ever had. I've learned so much through him. Um, and so from that, um, I think that one class like really opened my eyes in so many different ways. Um, and then just, just sprinkled in everything that we learn, even if it's a math class, we find ways to, how can we make this better for students that are learning English as a second language? How can we help these students that feel marginalized in the classroom feel welcome? Um, and in every single classroom, we've brought up ideas like this. And so we want to make sure that we're, working together to make a better place for all the students to feel represented, welcome, and a place for growth. Well, as, as a person who taught that class there, um, we can, oh, did you? Yeah, we can only do so much. It's, it's you. You're the one who's doing it. You're the one who's, who's taking that information. You're the one who's reflecting on it. And now you're, and it's just part of who you are. And now you're just duplicating that and doing it. And so, yes, you could say that, you know, that the professors are great there, which, which there's some really great ones there, but we're, but we're only as good as our students. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, you're the one who's actually doing, um, so thank you. Thank you for, you know, keeping that IU school of education legacy. (laughs) Um, but one of the things that's 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 coming up in you and and you were talking about it um 
is the this is the Olympic season, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm sure that you're watching. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure that you're you're you know you're watching it, going, wow, okay, so so my 452 time, if, if I can get it down, you know, just mm-hmm. like, no more <laughs> yeah. seconds. So um, what do you? What are you watching? What are you what are you taking in? How do you when you think about the Olympic spirit, um, what what do you think about? I love the Olympics. I, I just think that they're so fun. Um, and now I know people that are competing in them, which is crazy to say. Um, but I have friends um from all over the country that I've known or known of raced against even like they're now competing at the olympics and i just think it's incredible to be able to watch people um a lot of iu people are doing amazing we've had so many medals come in which has been really exciting um i i love this what i love the most about this olympics is the emphasis that they are putting on mental health for athletes um with situations like simone biles Um, she did what was best for herself. She was taking care of herself. She knew that if she were have competed, it wouldn't have been to the best of her ability. And she made sure to take the time for herself um, to get her mind back and to get back on track. And that's okay. Um, I think that that was a beautiful statement that she had and how she's shown it to the world. Um, I really... Man, I just, like, absolutely have watched almost everything. Um, Gymnastics has been so much fun to watch. Track is always my, obviously, my favorite. I was so excited about track. But I love watching the swimming and the volleyball. And I watched skateboarding. I love that sport. It is so fun. It's so cool, yeah. It's so cool. They all are so, I I just feel like it's been really great um, to be able to see. Um. I obviously have always had Olympic dreams. I think most athletes have at one point or another. Um, and I think like, I, it's something that I'm definitely, I might as well work for. Uh, I tried really hard this past year to hit the standard. I came up a little short and that's okay. Um, I'm just going to keep on working. Uh, hope maybe this next year I will, but we'll see. So what, um, what, what was the Olympic standard? Fifty one thirty five. Oh, so fast. Yeah. Fast. No, but you're you're right there. I, I th- I'm hoping for it. That was kind of my main goal this past year was to make it to trials, and I came up short. Um, had a few injuries along the way, but that's it. Just happens sometimes, and that's okay. Um, I I just yeah, I just absolutely love watching athletes compete to the best of their ability them being able to have a voice on the big stage, I think is huge too. And being able to represent our country has just been really great. And I love also seeing um, smaller countries be represented too, because I love being able to, it, it just makes it more fun. I, I just love the, everyone's just really excited about it. So. You mentioned the mental health um, you know, support, and I read an article recently before the Olympics and a lot of, athletes had come out and I think Michael Phelps was even one of them but had stated how you win all these medals you spend your life focused competing working really really hard for this one event 
And mm-hmm. once you reach it, then what? Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you may or may not reach your goal. You may win the gold or, like Michael Phelps, win a bunch of them. And then, mm-hmm. and then you walk away and you get a little bit of that, like, you ride that high for a minute. And then, and then it's like, what do you do with the rest of your life? What do you do? I mean, unless you're like a back-to-back, you know, Olympic athlete, which is, you know, not as common. Um, mm-hmm. And the article talked about like how a lot of athletes, and especially at that high level, struggle with their mental health. And I think mm-hmm. there was even a documentary recently about, um, I, I think it was a snowboarder who had committed suicide. And um, and so I, I feel like there's a lot of athletes who are becoming very brave sharing their story, sharing, you know, like what goes on inside. And we're looking at mental health as more of total health, right? Because we focus on, like you talked about, you know, like what you eat and they support you by, you know, providing you free meals and, you know, you're Mm -hmm. training and you're working out and you're talking about prioritizing your sleep. You personally prioritize your self-care, but like, do you think that, um, the well, I mean, this is totally you know opinion, but do you think that the Olympics are doing more, or maybe like the support and the athletes, maybe even at you know the university where you are, do are doing more to support the total wellness of athletes rather than just what their performance is on the field or in the pool or you know on the court? I think that. In some ways, yes, I think we've come a long way, but um, I think that there is a long way to go. Um, I think that uh, a lot of big universities um, are just looking at their athletes as being machines and not having feelings and not being human. Um, And they're just there to make money in a lot of ways. which I think is obviously not as awful. I I would hate to be a part of a university like that. Luckily, IU does a good job of having like mental health resources for people. Um, But also I think that there's a long way to go. And I think that there needs to be a more conversation between um, athletes and coaches and uh, mental health professionals. Um, I think that if we can get that to all work together in a smoother way, I think it can make significant strides and not necessarily just when people get to a high level, sometimes people just assume that you just need to be cruel and critical. That's the only way people improve when there's a lot, like when focusing on the positive is a lot better. Um, like, yes, you may have struggled with this, but here let's work on it. Um, instead of just anger coming out and just yelling, I think it's important that we are shifting it more towards here's how we encourage the athletes. Here's how we work together to make the best situation. Also understanding that the athletes are human and sometimes they're going to have bad days and sometimes they're not going to compete to their fullest potential. I've had days like that where I'm very hard on myself whenever I compete and sometimes I run very poorly there there I've had very bad races in my career um but it's been one of those things where like I'm lucky that I have my my um 
my specific coach for my event has been really great about helping me through those times when I haven't been competing my best and helping me get back on track and just working with me so that I can grow as an athlete. Um, yeah, I think that they, like there is still quite a bit more that I think could happen, but I think that we're on the right track. I think with these Olympics and mental health becoming such a priority with people like Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, um, a ton of other athletes that are speaking out about their experiences. Um, I think it will be really beneficial for a future and to keep on advocating for mental health and athletes' well-being. Great. Yeah. Good answer. That's, that's so I true like because there's, you know, as we know, there's there's been a, a lot of negative talk about about athletes who are talking about their mental health, mm-hmm. and, and that's. Uh, and what's nice is that it's shifting where, where we're looking at athletes as people, just, you know, people that are going through a lot of stuff. Um, a lot. You know, so, so as, as we, as we close up, because we do, we, we do want to um, um, honor your, honor your time. One of the things in which we ask all of our guests um, mm-hmm. is what is their call to action? So, what is the one takeaway, the, the one, one takeaway in which, um, which you would wish people to learn from you? So Natalie Price, what is your call to action? I think that people should share their stories more and share their experiences. Um, we all come from different places. We all come from different backgrounds. I think by sharing your story and learning from one another I think that's one of the most important things that we can do. Um, and But it, it takes a lot of confidence to put your story out there and to share it with everybody. Um, but I think that that's so important because so many people can learn from you. So many people can grow from you. And that's something I think I need to be a little bit better and be more realistic about too. So that's something for myself as well. Um, but... Yeah, I'm just very happy that people, um, like Olympic athletes, are starting to share their stories. I think that it'd be really important if we had more collegiate athletes starting to share their stories. And even high school, not even just athletes, just people in general, we can all learn something from one another. And I think that that's really important. I love that. Natalie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing all of your stories. Best of luck to you. I'm excited for your student teaching experience this, um, I guess, semester. But um, keep kicking butt on the, on the uh, track. <laughs> I love that. So Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.